Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Psalm 147. It's said that time heals all wounds. I'm not sure about that. But I know one that does heal all wounds. Psalm 147, verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted, binds up their wounds. The Amplified Bible, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. Christ the healer. Christ our healer. You know, there is no wound he cannot heal. There is no sorrow he cannot comfort. There is no ailment, disease, defect he cannot cure. There is no depression, oppression, or possession he cannot eradicate. Jesus, healer. He healed an official son. He drove out evil spirits. He healed a mother-in-law sick with fever. He healed the sick and oppressed. He cleansed the leper. Perhaps you've read, he healed the paralytic. Healed the withered hand. He raised the widow's son from the dead. He raised the daughter back to life. Christ our healer. He healed the blind and healed the deaf. He healed the mute. He healed the cripple. He healed the bound by infirmity. He healed dropsy and he healed the sinner. Jesus heals all wounds. John chapter 21, verse 25. And there are also many other things that Jesus did which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. You know, perhaps you are here today and you are wounded. You have a wound and you think it's incurable. You have come to terms with it, perhaps, or you figured a way to manage it. Or you've let him manage you. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes. We are healed. Receive the word of the Lord today. Matthew 8, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Jesus heals all wounds. 1 Peter 2, verse 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree 
that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes, wounds, you were healed. The beautiful wounds of Jesus. What's the name of the wound today? Perhaps you came into this place and you're wounded. Philippians 2, 8, and 9, And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, Jesus Christ, our healer. There is nothing that our God cannot do. Some wounds come because of our own sinful folly, our own foolishness. Psalm 38, verses 4 and 5, For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. What is our hope? Verses 15 to 18, For in you, O Lord, I hope. You will hear, O Lord my God. For I said, Hear me, lest they rejoice over me. Lest when my foot slips, they exalt themselves against me. For I am ready to fall, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare my iniquity. I will be in anguish over my sin. Verses 21 and 22, do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Listen, he's ready to help. When we fall to our knees, he will stretch out his hand and he will raise us up. He will raise us from defeat. Exodus 15, 26, he declares, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Time heals all wounds. Let's lay this to rest. But one thing I do know is time wounds all heals. In the beginning, Adam and Eve were in the garden of the Lord. They walked with the Lord. Perfect communion with God Almighty. All was right and all was well until they partook of that which the Lord commanded them not to, deceived by the serpent, the devil. The errant free will of humanity brought the fall. Rebellion, disobedience, sin. Here we read the words that followed sin and disobedience. Genesis 3, if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. Beginning at verse 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. 
And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. You know, the grace of the Lord drove them out of the garden that day. For if they would have taken of the tree of life, they would have lived in sin's deplorable state forever. The Lord sent them out with a promise. A great promise. The promise of a Savior. That one would come and set things right. That one would set things right for humanity. Make a way. But what of those words found in verse 15? I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. We know well that the ultimate fulfillment of this concerns Jesus Christ. But I ask today, have you ever felt the wounding of your heel? The message reads, I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He'll wound your head. He'll wound his heel. In the Amplified Bible, he shall fatally bruise your head, and you shall only bruise his heel. You know, church, we're at war. There is a battle. There is a conflict. There is a fight. Tell me of one person set on following the Lord, determined to live life unto God that has not had their heel wounded, that has not felt the strike of the serpent. 
And the great hope we have is that we are more than overcomers through Christ. We are more than conquerors. We need the crushing power of God. We need to let the Lord have His way in our life. We need to call on the Lord. We need to surrender our steps, our walk, that the Lord might crush Satan under our feet. This great promise alive in our world. You say, do I really need it? Oh, you need it. There is a conflict. There is a battle. Those words, I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. This great work the Lord will perform for each believer, this power displayed in the life of each believer, this crushing of Satan. Romans 16, verses 17 to 20, Now I urge you, brethren, listen to these words, church. Note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them, period. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience, your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I'm glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Romans 16, 20, the King James Version. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The word used here bruise. You know what's being said? I mean, this is what the Lord is seeking to do to the enemy using our feet, to break, to break in pieces, to tread down, to put Satan underfoot and as a conqueror trample on him, to break down and crush, to tear body and shatter strength. Reserved for just a handful? Everyone. I like the word the King James Version uses. I like that it leaves Jesus Christ as the ultimate crusher of the serpent. And yet, look at what the bruising. Look at the bruising the Lord wants to administer through us and accomplish. You know, if we want this power of the Lord in our lives, there is a call. And I trust you can hear the call in the Spirit today that we be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. The NLV, I want you to be wise about good things and pure about sinful things. J.B. Phillips, New Testament, I want to see you experts in good and not even beginners in evil. What a fitting word for our day, our age. 
the Amplified Bible, I would have you well-versed and wise as to what is good and innocent and guileless as to what is evil. You know, if this is to be our reality, if we're going to answer this call, we need to get close to the Lord. Real close to the Lord. We need to let the Holy Spirit take over. We need to live lives governed by the Spirit. We need to get into the Word that we become well-versed and wise as to what is good. We need to pray more than ever much praying. And if we will handle time properly, the Lord will work wonders. The Lord will use us. The Lord will grant us power. The God of peace, bruising Satan under your feet. Are you living a victorious life? That's the life we've been welcomed into. You know, I thought about this. Sometimes when the Lord uses our feet to administer a blow, we get bruised. Perhaps you need to hear this today. You know, it's part of being used Part of being used by God. Lord, use me. Let's deliver a blow to the enemy. And you get wounded. You get bruised. It's part of being used of God to further the kingdom used for kingdom purpose. We feel it, the bruising, a wound. You know, I remember certain times when as a child I was wounded, bruised. I remember times as a man I was wounded. Well, the bruises have healed. His work, the wounds have healed, his touch. You know, it's part of being used of God. Jesus got wounded. I mean, read the New Testament. Use me, Lord, to administer a blow, to crush the enemy. And we read of those who got bruised. I've known times in my life where the Lord, by His grace and power, has used my feet to deliver a blow to the enemy. You know, not all bruises are the same. We know it's true. Yet I can stand here today and testify that the very God that uses our feet against the enemy will see to it that our bruises heal. You see, time wounds all heals, but our God heals all heals, if you receive it today. But you know, the reality is, I've been around the kingdom long enough. 
to know that this is true. Tragically, some that have been used of God in this manner have let their bruises take them out. They haven't let the Lord heal the bruises. They don't want to feel any bruising for the king no more. They're done. They're done with this manner of usefulness. It's not the way of the Lord for us. Going further, tragically, some that have witnessed the bruising of others, those close to them have let the bruises of others take them out. I mean, I could stand here today and just tell you story after story, account after account of those that have been taken out because of the bruising of others. May it not be so concerning us. Are we here today in the house of the Lord? Here today with some wound, some ailment, some malady, some affliction? Are we wounded? Are the wounds self-inflicted? Are we wounded, bruised for the king? Or have we bruised self with the bruising of others? Well, our hope, our hope is the healer, Christ the healer. He binds up the wounds. What wounding has time delivered? We have to go to him. We have to call on him. We need to cry out. We have to press in. We have to press through to get through. Whatever it might be today, is there a wound affecting your faith, your walk? Perhaps you hear and it's something you feel is beyond, beyond your control. You come into the house of the Lord. It might not be one of the things that I've mentioned, but you're wounded. You're bruised. You're feeling it. Let me share these words with you. Are you facing a crisis that has driven you to your knees? Physical pain, financial turmoil, troubled marriage. Has your trial continued for so long that your spirit has sunk into despondency? Multitudes of Christians face excruciating situations beyond their control and things seem hopeless. They've exhausted all their resources and pressed forward, believing that God will meet their need, but their situation has gone from bad to worse. The more they pray, the farther away God seems, and they think He no longer cares. If this describes you, I want to encourage you. Do not give up. Jesus is near to you. He desires not only to meet your need, but to give you a breakthrough of faith. No matter how desperate your circumstance, He wants to infuse your spirit with this truth. Jesus can still do this. A scene in Mark's gospel addresses four types of fires that can confront our faith. 
The first is when sudden calamity befalls us. The second is when our trial has lasted a long time with no end in sight. The third is when circumstances grow continually worse. And the fourth is when we stop believing altogether. Jairus was a devoted God-fearer in immediate crisis. Listen to the text. A leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. A bruised father and a bruised and wounded daughter. Imagine Jairus' desperation. His young daughter was deathly ill, and when he learned that Jesus the healer was nearby, he decided, I'll put my faith in him. He ran to the Messiah, fell on his face, and begged for a miracle. Lord, unless you do this, I have no hope. Doctors can't help me. You must make my miracle happen. Note the exact phrase Jairus uses in the verse above. So she can live. The word can denotes Jairus' faith in Christ's ability. He believed the Lord for the impossible, declaring, Jesus, you can. He knew that if Christ would just touch his daughter, she would be healed. We know the rest of Jairus' story. Jesus told the entire household why all this commotion and weeping. The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. Your situation may look like it's beyond hope, but it isn't to Jesus. He raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, and he's ready to step into your situation with the same resurrection power. Time heals all wounds. No. Time wounds all heals. But Jesus heals all heals. You know, he can heal all wounds today. No matter what the name of the wound is today, he is well able. Jesus, the name above every other name. Now, there very well may be those four types of people in this room today. Perhaps you came in here and sudden calamity has befallen you. You made your way into the house of the Lord today and your trial has lasted a long time with no end in sight. You decided to show up to church today. Your circumstances are growing continually worse. Maybe that's why you showed up. You woke up this morning determined that you'd make your way to church Really, you've stopped believing altogether, but you said, let's, let's see. A glimmer of hope. Perhaps one last kick at the can. And what are the list of the types we've looked at? Wounded. Are you here today? Some ailment, some malady, some affliction? Are you here wounded, but your wounds are self-inflicted? 
wounded, bruised for the king. Lord, use me. I want to be used mightily. I surrender all. Lord, use me to further your kingdom. I'm going to crush Satan, administer a blow to the enemy in the kingdom of darkness, and now you're wounded, you're bruised. Or have you bruised self with the bruising of others? Don't bank on time healing wounds. There is an answer. The answer is Jesus. Don't put your faith in time healing all wounds. Put your faith in Jesus Christ, the healer. Don't let the bruising of the enemy take you out. Kill your faith. Cause you to question the power of your God. Cause you to stop believing altogether to place you in a state of inactive duty. Because you're bruised, because you're wounded, let these words take hold of us this day. Romans 16, 20, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The NLV, may the loving favor of our Lord Jesus be yours. The Living Bible, the blessings from our Lord Jesus Christ be upon you. We got to go to him. These wounds, some allowed the wounds to manage them. Some have learned to manage the wounds, to live with them, rather than going to Jesus, that there might be healing. I think of one father, he's a man of God, served the kingdom of the Lord faithfully, served the Lord faithfully in ministry. Because of the way he was treated, because of the bruising he felt, the wounding he felt, his son didn't really want anything to do with the kingdom. And the father still pressed on and served the Lord. The father still pressed on, healed. Jesus touched him, healed the wounds, healed the bruising, but the son couldn't get over it. He allowed the bruising his father felt to take him out in active duty, and it broke the father's heart. What's the wound today? Let's have the worship team return. You know, the reality may be that you've been banking on time to just simply heal the wounds. Hoping the bruising will go away. It hasn't happened. The answer is Jesus. There's no other answer. 
Christ alone. As the worship team begins to play this morning, you know, if you'd like prayer, I encourage you to make your way to the front. If you need to set things right today, the altar's open. Come and let the bruising be healed. Come to the one who heals and binds up wounds. It's time. Perhaps we need these words today, F.F. Bosworth. When your eyes are upon your symptoms and your mind is occupied with them more than with God's Word, you have in the ground the wrong kind of seed for the harvest that you desire. You have in the ground seeds of doubt. You are trying to raise one kind of crop from another kind of seed. It is impossible to sow tares and reap wheat. Your symptoms may point you to death, but God's Word points you to life. The words of Matthew Henry, Come and see the victories of the cross. Christ's wounds are thy healings. His agonies thy repose. His conflicts thy conquests. His groans thy songs. His pains thy ease. His shame thy glory. His death thy life. His sufferings thy salvation. Christ the healer. We preach Christ. We preach Jesus. He's the answer. He's the healer. He's the remedy. He is the one. There is nothing impossible. What wound is it today? Let's stand in the house of the Lord. Let the words of the psalmist ring out. Psalm 30, verse 2. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. T.L. Osborne said these words, Wherever and whenever Jesus Christ is proclaimed as our sacrifice for sin and sickness, physical healing as well as spiritual salvation will result. Jesus, our healer. I know one who heals all, and I am fully convinced. You know, David opens the 103rd Psalm by calling upon his soul to bless the Lord and to forget not all his benefits. And then he specifies, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. Oh, the wounding of Jesus. The atoning sacrifice. He heals whatever the wounding is today. Lord, we trust in you. We know, Lord, that you are the healer. Nothing is impossible. I pray right now in this room that faith would rise.